Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. Well, good morning. Welcome back to another great day as One Hope Church, whether that's online or in the room. I need some crowd participation today, okay? So raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've ever flown on an airplane before, okay? Okay. That's good. We're off to a good start. If you're online, you can raise your hand too, all right? So raise your hand if you've ever sat in the window seat on an airplane. You guys are good. This is great. You ever sat in the aisle seat before? Raise your hand. Okay. Now raise your hand if you ever got in that middle seat before. Middle seat. There's a difference, isn't there? There's a difference. And some of you, if I actually raise your hand, who would be um, window seat people, you'd raise your hand because you like looking out the window and seeing the beautiful scenes and you take your pictures so you can put on Facebook or Instagram and you're like, I love the window seat. Now there's other people that you love the aisle seat right? Because you like to have that leg room. This is kind of me. I like to stick my leg outside and look around and I'm probably going to fall asleep. They're going to clip me one day, but I like to have a little room, little elbow room. That's me. But no one wants the middle seat, right? No one. Well, recently, you probably saw on our social media stuff, my, my family and I, we flew out west for a family vacation, okay? We went out west and we flew southwest, Well, I don't know if you've ever flown Southwest before, but Southwest does not have assigned seats. They have like assigned boarding sections, I guess. So you're like, I'm in A, 1 through 20, right? Or I'm in B, 40 through 60, whatever. Well, if you, listen, if you don't get one of those early boarding sections, the view you're going to see is always the same. You get on the plane, you look, and then there's the person in the window seat. There's the person in the aisle seat. And then there's just a row, an opening all the way down. It's like this picture of like no one wants to sit. And this is where it gets awkward, right? You know where I'm going. You get up and, and no one wants to look at you, right? Like you get on, everybody's, all of a sudden everybody's super busy. I've got the most important text they've ever had in their life, right? Like they're just, they're looking at it and they, do want, they want no part of looking at you. You don't really want to look at them either, right? Because you're the bad news person because they don't want you to sit in their row. You don't want to be the bear of bad news in their row, but eventually you're that person and you walk up, you're like, anybody sitting there? <laughs> like, you know, and, and you go and sit, but no one wants the middle seat. Well, the unfortunate part is this is what happens in life sometimes. Sometimes we've got the middle seat experience in life, right? Sometimes you're like you find yourself in that seat that you don't want to be sitting in. You felt that way where you're just like, God, you got to do something. Because I don't want to sit in this seat. Like, I'm just counting down the seconds, like on an airplane, where you're like, I feel trapped, I feel squished, I, feel, I, I just want this to be over. When you sit in the middle seat experience, you've got frustration, you've got anger, you've got despair, you've got everything is falling apart, everything's a lost cause, you, you just, you, your, your emotions are a mess, and you're like, I'm confused, I'm exhausted, I just want this to end. I don't know if you sat in that seat before of life. Maybe you're sitting in that seat in life, but you will have that seat at some point where we just find ourselves just saying, I need things to work out. 
because I don't want to sit in this seat anymore. Well, this is where we're headed today. This is where we're headed today. We're about to end our, our series for the summer titled Summer of Stories. Okay, we're about to end and go and, and, and land and go into something else. I've been really surprised about something, though. Back in March or April when I decided, hey, this is where we're going to go for the summer, I didn't realize how much fun the parables were going to be for people. The amount of text messages, the amount of emails, the just phone calls, just conversations I have. of like, this is really cool to look at these stories. I just figured, oh, you've heard the parables, but let's look at them again. No, these are really powerful, and sometimes we forget how much power is behind them. We forget that these may be some of the most powerful words that Jesus ever spoke to us. Because he's trying to get people to see this is what the world would be like if you just do things my way. This is what the world would be like if you just went with my plan. This is what the world would be like if my reign and rule would be over everything. That's really what the kingdom of heaven is, isn't it? That's when the reign and rule of God is over everything. And so Jesus is telling these stories. And Jesus is trying to help them understand that I came to bring that kingdom to this kingdom if you would just buy in. So what we have is a series of teachings where he tries to give a picture of the kingdom of God. And so like I said, this is the last one. And so we're going to end in a familiar gospel. We're going to go to Matthew. So if you got your Bibles, we're going to go Matthew 13 again. All right. We're going to go there. And, and, and it's just two verses again today. But if you got your Bibles, pick them up. If you got your phones, get them. If you don't have a Bible and you're in the room, don't forget they're under the seats and they can be yours. But can we read our last parable for this summer? Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven, this is verse 31. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet it, when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds can come perch in its branches. Okay, it's done. So last week, when I was talking about the pearls and the treasures, I said this conversation was happening with Jesus in a house with his disciples as they were trying to dig through the deeper truths of life. Like Jesus was trying to get them to see, like, I need you to understand that he's having an intimate conversation with his disciples. Well, today, that's not the scene. The scene is once again with the masses. He may be on the side of a hill. He may be once again uh, on a boat in the water. I'm not sure. He's somewhere where lots of people can hear him talk. And this is really important because people need to hear this parable. This is a really important one, not just for the disciples, but for the masses to hear. They need to hear it because they're starting of some murmurings. You know, you know what that word? Mur there's talking. They're, they're starting to hear some people and their doubts of what's going on in the ministry of Jesus. And it's not only by the non-believers, it's actually by the believers as well. The people who put their hope in Jesus, we're starting to see, Jesus, what's going on? So I want to give you some context of how we landed on this parable. And we give context of what happened before Jesus spoke these words. And to get that context, we need to go way back. We need to go back before Jesus was even born. 
Between the New and the Old Testament, there's this time called the Intertestament period, okay? And it lasts about 400 years. And it was during this time, there's this language that begins to come to the surface, and it's about the kingdom of heaven. So you've got the Jewish people, they're, they're in this place where life isn't great. They're longing, they're begging for life to get back to the way it used to be. They're longing, they're begging to, to be in the seat of power again. They're longing and begging for the kingdom of heaven to be experienced on earth, which means they aren't being mistreated anymore. See, at this time, the Roman Empire is ruling over everything. And when the Romans rule, the Jewish people always lost, whether it's through taxes, laws. They were just beaten brutally, just treated terribly. And the Jews had had enough. The Israelites had had enough. So, so uh, we hear them talking about this kingdom of heaven concept, which once again is just, hey, we want to get back in the seat of being somebody. We want to get back in the seat of, 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 of some power again. We want to get back to the way it was when, the, when King David was ruling and we were important and we were able to have the upper hand in life. Lord God, will you come down and regain power again? Will you bring your kingdom of heaven here? Because the seat we're sitting in, this is no fun. The seat we're sitting in, we want this flight to end. The seat we're sitting in is just, it's terrible. So we fast forward a little bit. And now we've got a guy named John the Baptist. John the Baptist, you see him being talked about at the beginning of uh, most of the Gospels. And John the Baptist is starting to walk through the wilderness as a real weirdo. He's walking through the wilderness and he's saying, hey, the kingdom of heaven has come. Matthew chapter 3, this is what it says. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven. Once again, the, the words that people have been speaking during this intertestament period, this between old and new as we know it, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And this is the deal. This starts exciting people. This is really, really good news. People start getting hope again, and they start following John the Baptist, because if John the Baptist knows where the kingdom of heaven movement is, then they want to be close to him because they want to be a part of it. But then comes the day. John declares that the person that they've been waiting for is this guy, Jesus. And so he takes a back seat and he says words like, I am not even worthy to untie the shoes of this guy. And so now Jesus is seen by people. Jesus is in that driver's seat. All eyes are on Jesus. He is their guy. He's going to be the one that's going to get them out of this terrible seat, middle seat experience of life. And so Jesus preaches, and he preaches, and he preaches, and the movement is beginning. The crowds are getting bigger. People are starting to follow him. They want what he is bringing. These words of the kingdom of heaven has come near. Jesus is going to put them back in the seat they really want. Because he is the Messiah. That's what they're saying. And, and God, 
sent him then, which means he's never going to lose because God always wins. And so God's kingdom will reign and rule and they'll no longer be under the feet of the Romans. But there's a problem. There's a problem, okay? Like there comes a point where, okay, we've got hope, we've got excitement, things are going well. But does it feel like Jesus is preparing them for war? It doesn't feel like Jesus is preparing them for battle. It doesn't feel like Jesus is going to do what they thought he was going to do and how they pictured he was going to do it. Jesus is preaching and he has words like, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek and mild. Blessed are those who forgive. He's talking about loving your enemies. He's talking about pray for those who persecute you. What in the world? Like, what's he talking about? Why is he saying these words? And so people start talking. There's starting to be some doubt. And so people start talking. They start talking behind Jesus' back. They start having conversations about what they don't like. This isn't the movement that I signed up for. This isn't what we expected. So they talk amongst themselves. They want it their way, not the way way Jesus wanted it. This isn't the movement. But isn't that the way people are? Isn't that what people do? Whether it's 30 AD or 2021, we want things our way. Even when our way doesn't have the same way of Jesus going about it. Well, Jesus knows they're talking. He knows they're frustrated. He knows they're confused. He knows they're upset. So now he begins to talk about the kingdom of heaven. This is how we got to Matthew 13. This is how we got to the parable. People have been wrestling with all these things. And so that's why for these eight weeks we read these parables. And so many of them say the kingdom of heaven is like... And so back, we're back to Matthew 13. And he's like, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Knowing context of how we've got here, why Jesus needs to say this. He's, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds can come perch in its branches. So, the people have gotten to this point, and when they hear this story, they know that Jesus is probably talking about the black mustard seed tree. The mustard seed is really small, even you would say insignificant. I mean, look at this picture. Look at how small this is in someone's hand. You need several of them to even see them. Imagine there's just one. You may not even be able to see it. It's so insignificant. But this wasn't a foreign idea to them. It wasn't a foreign plant to them. Like, it's all around them. They see them every day, and they know something that we need to know is there is a rule about these seeds. Do you know this seed could not be planted in just a, a real garden? 
Do you know that this seed was not allowed to be planted in just a simple garden? You were only allowed to plant that seed in a field. You could only plant that seed in a field because of its capacity. Listen, when we understand why Jesus said what he said, it makes a lot more sense. You are only allowed to plant that seed in a large field because of its capacity, because of what it could grow into, because of what it could develop into. This tiny and seemingly insignificant seed would grow into like a 10-foot plant was started without even being able to see it, would be one of the largest plants in the garden. But it can't go in the garden. It's got to be in the field because it would, could spread like wildfire and it would get huge. We also need to understand something, that this seed wasn't actually the smallest seed at the time. And Jesus wasn't lying Jesus had a bigger picture of going on. When he talked about this seed, it wasn't just about the smallness of the seed. It was once again about the capacity of what could happen to this seed. It was the difference between what it was at the beginning to what it was at the end. They would have known this. The seed is so small, but the tree can be 10 feet, 11 feet tall. And so Jesus looks at them, people who knew this plant. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like this plant that you guys know that goes from small to big. He's saying to them, what you think is happening is insignificant. What you want to happen is for the kingdom of heaven to come in a powerful and bold way that it would, that it would take over. That's not how the kingdom of heaven works. Jesus like, the kingdom of heaven is not an overnight takeover move. It's like a seed that's in the ground. And you just can't see it yet. But it's there. And it's still growing. It's there. You don't think much about it until it matures. He's like, he's like listen, just wait. It's not what you think it's supposed to be, but it has the capacity to be the biggest plant in the garden. And this is really important. Because once again, imagine them. They're not you. They're not sitting in the seat you're sitting in. They're sitting in the seat of waiting for God to move again. They're waiting for the kingdom of God to take over. You have to sit in the seat that they're sitting in. They're in the middle seat, counting down the seconds. When is this flight going to be over? Because I'm, I'm sick of sitting in this seat. If you don't understand their uh, the desperation, if you don't understand how much they wanted this, then you don't understand what Jesus is saying. He's trying to help them to see what he's doing. He's trying to get them to adjust. He's trying to get them to be flexible. He's trying to get them to see the bigger picture. What you want is not what God wants, at least not in the same way. For his kingdom to rule and reign, maybe... The objective is the same, but how you get there isn't. Because God is doing something different. 
This is going to matter to us in a second because we have to get to the place where these people are sitting. Once again, this is life-changing when we can sit in the same seat. Jesus is saying, stop trying to make everything the way you want it to be. Because the kingdom of heaven is here. You just can't see it yet. Be patient. But as he's speaking this, you've got to picture the people. Some people don't like it. Some people aren't bought in. I told you there's doubting that was beginning to happen. Jesus, you were supposed to come back, ride in on a horse, be powerful. The revolt would begin. You would call us to fight back. We would be able to have this seat of power again. But this isn't what we bought into. So they, be, they just talk. And they become people who are just like, I think I want to join another movement. I think I want to follow another leader. I think I want something else because this isn't working out. This isn't what I thought it was. It's not what I jumped on for. But the problem was they just weren't patient enough. They weren't willing to look at what Jesus was trying to tell them because we know how this story goes, right? We know how the story goes that the kingdom of God continued to grow and it gets to this climactic moment in the Bible where Jesus is on the cross, not in a power move. Jesus not on the cross on a power move. He's not taking over the empire like they wanted. What is he doing? He's dying for it. This is not what they expected. He's not taking over the empire. He's actually dying for it. The kingdom of heaven through Jesus dies. But then it rises again through the ground so the world can see what they really needed was a Savior that redeems them from their sins, redeems them from their brokenness. What they needed was a Savior to bridge the gap between heaven and humanity. They need a Savior to show them a new way to live. They need a Savior for the kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of earth. This is what he's trying to show them. Jesus was doing something different, but they just couldn't see it. Jesus was working, but the fruit of that work just wasn't there. But if they trusted him, but if they had just trusted him, the kingdom of God would, would be seen that it's on the move and it was exactly what they needed. If, God, if Jesus, through these parables, could help them understand, just trust me, just trust me, what I'm doing is exactly what you needed. Just jump on board, get on board to this movement, not the movement you want, get on to this one. It's exactly what you need. It's why he ends the parable by saying, after it grows, the birds, they come and they, they perch in the tree. Why? Because in this kingdom, you'll find rest. In this kingdom, you'll find the peace that you need. In this kingdom, you'll find something that is strong enough to trust that you can come and just rest in this. If you will just let the reign and rule of Jesus 
be what reigns and rules in your life, you'll find this peace, you'll find this rest. What grows is something you can trust. This is the kingdom of heaven, and he wants their eyes to be open. And so he gives parable after parable after parable, trying to get them to see what he's doing, and they can be a part of it. But as I read this parable, as I read this story, as we end today, I think this is potentially a bigger, more, this concept is, is bigger than we can imagine. I think it's bigger than just something for them. I think it was bigger than just them seeing who Jesus was. What if it wasn't just about back then? What if it's about today? And what if it's a lot more personal to us? What if the kingdom of heaven is more than just what's happened in, what happens in the earth? What if it's about what happens in me? What if this can be really personal? I think often when I read Scripture, I'm like, you know what? We can relate to what the Jews were feeling. Not same stories or in same ways, same emotions, but we can understand that in our lives... Don't we all have situations that we just wish could be figured out? Don't we all in our life sit in that seat where you're just like, I need something to happen. It's really personal to us. God, I want your kingdom to come and move in my life. I need you to fix something. That's essentially what it is. When it becomes personal to us, sometimes it's, God, I just need you to move in my marriage. Because the seat I'm sitting in right now is not a great seat. We're really struggling. This is kind of falling apart. And God, I need you to do something because this is not a great situation. Sometimes it's, God, I need you to move at work. It can be coworkers. It can be just business is terrible. It's, I don't know how I'm going to get done what's asked of me. God, your move in my life is really important to me at work because I just don't know how I'm going to figure this out. Sometimes it's, God, I need, to, I need you to do something in my finances because we're about to lose everything. God, I don't know how to figure this out. Picture once again these Jewish people or the Israelite people are sitting in a seat and going... God, something has to happen because we're sick of sitting in this seat. And how many of us can just sit there and we can go, God, I need you to do something because I'm sick of sitting in this seat. Sometimes it's marriage, sometimes it's work, sometimes it's finances, sometimes it's God, I need you to do something because I can't figure out how to stop doing this sin that I know is destroying me. God, I need you to move. I need you to do something. I need your kingdom to come in my life. That yes, it's something for earth, but it's also something bigger than that. It's for me personally. God, I need you to move. I need you to do something in my life because there's this sickness that I just can't carry anymore. God, I'm sick of being sick. I'm sick of hurting can you do something? Can you just move in my life where, where, where your kingdom comes, not just in the earth around me, but me personally? God, maybe 
I need you to do something with this fear and anxiety that I feel. My life is being destroyed because I'm just fearful every single day about what's to come. God, I need you to move in my life. God, I just need you. I am sick of sitting in this seat. Where are you? I need you to move. I need you to be powerful. I need you to be there. I need you to be in control. I'm just sick of this. And I look at this parable, and it makes me wonder, in all of these situations where we just need God to move, maybe he wants to speak to us, and he says, what if you had a mustard seed mindset? What if God wants us to have a mustard seed mindset with our lives? What if God is calling to more, us to more? What if God is speaking us to us and saying, listen, I have been protecting you. I have been present in your life. I am working. There is more going on than you know. Maybe you can't see it, but you need to just trust me. If you're sitting in this seat right now that, that those Israelites were sitting in, they were in pain. They were in frustration. They're in confusion. They wanted to end. If you're sitting in that seat, maybe God's like, have a mustard seed mindset. Or maybe you can't see it yet, but you need to trust me. Because I know you are confused, and I know you are frustrated. I know you are exhausted. I know you do feel like quitting. What if God wants to speak deep into our soul today? And says, I know you can't see it, but the seed is growing. Something is happening. And so you need to keep working hard. You need to keep being humble. You need to keep holding on. You need to keep having faith. You need to keep trusting me. Even when you feel like, God, where are you? The seed seems so insignificant. But I want to tell you, the move of God is, has been, and will continue to happen in your life. I want us to know that there is still more to come that you haven't seen is just below the surface. Hear me. There is more to come that you have not seen yet. The move of God in your life, in your family, in your kid's life, at your work, in your deepest frustrations, in your deepest angers, in your deepest moments where you're like, where are you, God? There is still more to come. It's just below the surface that God moves and he does. We just always can't see it. It's a couple years ago, I tell you about my trip sometimes about when we went to Israel. That was a long flight. You know what seat I got? I got the middle seat, right? I got the middle seat. And for those hours, I just thinking, can this flight be done for the love? I'm over it. But you know what happened? The flight came to an end. It did. And do you know, though, that I wouldn't have traded sitting in that middle seat. Well, I would take the window seat, you know what I'm saying? But I wouldn't trade it. Because what came after was totally worth it. That moment, those moments where I was counting down the minutes that flight was done, they weren't fun. 
but it was worth it because that life-changing experience. Listen, no one wants to go through tough times in life. No one wants to go through tough times in life, but we know that Jesus has promised us that we will have tough times, but he also promises us that he's going to walk with us in these. And that he is working even if you don't see it. That our job is just to buy into him that he has something for our lives. And this is going to be worth it. On my desk, I've got this that sits. I know you can't see it because it's pretty insignificant. It's a little mustard seed in a little jar. And I look at this every day on my desk. And in and, and the days I need it most, it's almost like God draws my eyes to this to remind me, Scott, I'm still working. I'm still moving. I'm still doing things. Scott, my kingdom is always going to win. And it may not be exactly the way you see it, the way you want it. You may be going through doubts and you may be going through these moments of like, oh my goodness, I just want it to be fixed. I want it to change. But he reminds me, he's faithful. And there is still more to come. I just haven't seen it yet. I need to trust that his kingdom comes and his will is going to be done when I trust him with my life. When I trust him with my life. And maybe today the best thing for our lives is not actually that he comes and fixes our situation. Maybe it's not he comes and swoops in and makes everything great like they wanted him to. Maybe the best thing that can come to our lives is he begins to impart in us a mustard seed mindset. Where do you need God to move? Where are you hoping he's working and protecting and providing and loving? Where are you hoping? I want to tell you, whatever that end of that sentence is, I believe there's a seed of his presence growing in your life. And we need to maybe not have the situation taken away, but our trust to grow. And that's where I want to end today. As we always do, we end in a time of worship and we do that because I want us to wrestle with something before we leave. I want us to deal with, maybe God wants to speak to us something and maybe you do have something in your life and it's during this worship song that you want to, whether in your seat or you come up to these altars and you're like, God, I will give you my trust because I'll trust that there's a seed that is working and growing. I'll trust that you are working and the world is changing and my life is changing and things are going to happen. I just can't see it. But maybe my trust needs to grow first. But don't we all have those things where we want God to move? Don't we all sit in the middle seat and just want it to be over? Well, may our prayers be not just get me out of this seat, but God, will you remind me that you see me while I sit in this seat and that you are working. So once again, we're going to sing in a second. Don't leave without saying, God, I trust you in this. That can happen in your seat, but sometimes the most powerful moments is we come to an altar like this and say, God, I just lay it down and you keep it. 
You keep the weight of this. I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to walk away trusting. And if that needs to be you this morning, I want to invite you. So can we stand, and can I pray? And I want you to be honest and vulnerable and real with yourself in this moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for the parables of Jesus. Thank you that he was willing to come from your kingdom to bring that kingdom to this earth. Thank you, God, that you have spoken through him to those people, but then it speaks to us as well. That, God, there is something more that is happening than we can see under the surface and just trust you. God, they didn't know that Jesus was going to die on the cross and everything would be changed. And some people walked away because they just couldn't be patient. They couldn't trust. They couldn't give themselves to Jesus and say, you just do it your way. But God, for the people who did, God, they saw something. They experienced something. And in your death and resurrection, we see this growth of your kingdom. And your kingdom is still growing on this earth. And it's growing in us. So help us to trust that. So God, as we end today, may your Holy Spirit be powerful. May your Holy Spirit speak deep into us. And God, may we be a group that have a mustard seed mindset, which is just to trust that you are doing exactly what needs to be done. It's your name we pray. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you liked this message and would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.